Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wear Many Hats. Um, great to have you all with us again. I'm your host, Mark Robinson, um, and today we are going to speak to an individual that I have known for several years, um, that I've worked with on projects previously, um, and somebody that I'd like to call a friend within the industry. Um, I'd like to welcome Jason Taylor of Night Frank. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? Hi there. Lovely to have you on the show. You all right? Lovely to be here. You had a good day? Very good day. Very good day. What have you been doing? Um, well, I'm due to finish for Christmas in a couple of days, so Woo-hoo! lots of loose ends to tie up and yep. seeing people and wishing them happy holidays and yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, good stuff. Getting around the team and all that yep. stuff, making sure everybody's happy and they've yeah. got all they need. Yep. Oh, fantastic. So, um, are you doing anything over the period, just spending time with family? Or? Family time. Yeah. Family time. Are you cooking the Christmas dinner? No. No, no. I feel like I'm the only person that cooks the Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody looks at me like, why are you doing it? <laughs> to be fair. What, what do you tend to have over Christmas dinner out of interest? Uh, so uh, my wife's from Czech Republic. So right. in that part of the world, the 24th is the main day. So we have a right, very okay. traditional uh, Czech evening meal. Yeah. Um, and then we do the same again, English traditional yeah. Um, meal on Christmas Day. So you get two big meals then as yeah. opposed to one. Yeah. Right. Hang on a second. Didn't you used to be a chef? Yeah. How do you get out not cooking the Christmas dinner? I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That makes sense. All right. Well, listen, I, I always like to start with an easy one, Jason. Um, obviously, um, the show's about you. It's not about me. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about your career journey? Um, tell us... You know, obviously you were a chef originally. How did you come into FM and how your career has developed over that period? Happy to. So I, as you say, left school, um, trained as a chef. Mm. Um, That was not a conscious decision. Right. Um, I think at school um, I wasn't particularly academically motivated. Um, Didn't enjoy it? Well, I enjoyed it, but not necessarily for the learning. Right. So... When it approached time to leave school and embark on on work, mm. I think I'd floated the idea of being a chef to my family. Right. And I remember distinctly my mum and my nan turning around and going, you won't be able to do that. It's um, too much like hard work. Oh, oh really? right. Okay. So I'll show you was the, the mentality. The heckles came up yeah, effectively. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Embarked on that, you know, enjoyed it, uh, got trained up as a chef, worked for um, Hilton and, and Whitbread, yep. um, really liked that. Then started to get a bit fed up with the, the hours. Right. Um, then Quite we, unsociable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you tend to, to make your social network around, around work. And yeah, of course. That's kind of a theme that's... Um, progressed throughout the years yeah um so we went into retail after that oh really yeah to two of the toughest industries there is yeah yeah and i think the motivation of working less hours i fell flat on my face with that because it's <laughs> just as just as yeah. uh, just as busy yeah um and retail was where i really got into kind of mentoring right you know and i had you know, it was my first instance of being able to help a young man right. that was on a very similar trajectory to me, not particularly academically okay. motivated. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I got into training and development. 
Right. Um, so I was a MBQ assessor and then kind of modern apprenticeship project oh, manager. Really? Right. Okay. Um, faced the choice of moving up to to Halifax or yeah. redundancy. So I kind of took redundancy because oh, you, you wanted know, to avoid the north that bad. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite cold up there. It, it, to be fair, Halifax is a chilly town. Actually, yeah. to be honest, yeah. I, I do have to. I mean, I'm from I'm from the deepest, darkest northeast, but Halifax, it's right <laughs> in the moors. It is it is a chilly town. So I made the right decision. <laughs> so I then had the opportunity from through a friend to go and work at Three Mills uh, Film Studio and TV Studio in East London. Oh, really? And I was. The the phone guy, so basically I had no experience. I got mm. on-the-job training to patch um, telephones into production offices and help support on IT and uh, and things like that. Yeah. Um, How old were you then, Jason, out of interest? Oh, early 20s. Right, okay, so still you quite know, young then. Yeah, and then got the opportunity to take on an operations management role at that studios. Right. Because um, I'd done from my project management experience and yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, and that was one of the most enjoyable jobs that I've had. Really? Kind of growing the team there. It's really, I learned a lot about health and safety and facilities management in quite yeah. a unique arena. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then LDA, mm. um, London Development Agency, bought three mills in preparation for the Olympics and GBA right. Grimley were appointed as managing agents. So I tubed into, into them. Right, okay. First exposure to managing agent and how they deal with things as mm. opposed to working for an owner or operator. Yeah. Um, and that's where I got my kind of Nibosh training and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And I had a very keen... Uh, number two at three mills that was right. nipping at my heels. So yeah. I put myself out to GBA that I could take on more work okay. and got involved in the commercial element. Right. Um, so that was, again, you know, service charge budgets, you know, exposure to that was, mm. you know, really, really, really interesting. And then I got poached some years later by my old boss to go and work at Bloomberg. Oh, really? So client-side FM right. is completely different again. Yes. Um, again, very interesting. Yeah. Um, different priorities, I'd say, you know, yeah. and it's more workplace than, than yeah. FM. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind no, of traditional sense. Um, and then after that, I joined Knight Frank, but or Knight Frank Promise on the um, residential side. Right, okay. Uh, so I originally joined to head up that team yeah. and mobilise um, quite a large estate in South Kensington. Right. Um, and I can remember on my very first day, I was asked to go to a coffee morning down in South Kensington yeah. um, where the management team were meeting the residents down there. Yeah. Um, and I can remember some very, you know, emotive residents, shall we say, yeah, yeah. asking how long I'd worked for Night Frank and we are turning around and saying about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that was fun. Built a team yeah. there. You know, residential is really an interesting arena to apply yeah. FM. It's very different, isn't it? Yeah. Very different to, yeah. to commercial. Yeah. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move back into commercial for Promise. Right. Um, and that was to head up the Central London FM team. Which I believe is where we met, actually, yep. several years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... 18 months ago now, I took over as head of commercial FM. Fantastic. And you're, you're now in a national role, I believe. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And how do you find that? Interesting. Another change, obviously, in terms of your career? Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it was a good step. A lot yeah. of people putting their faith in me. 
Um, I'd had my eye on the role for some time. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had supported my boss in a number of kind of um, initiatives. Of course. But yeah, it's 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 great. I'm getting to work with people that I've known for a long time. Yeah. Helping them t- to to grow and develop in in terms of their roles. Yeah. And what we're expecting. Um, to do as a business yeah so yeah very interesting okay so so going back like a bit further back in the career when you decided as an operations manager that you wanted more responsibility at gva grimley um out, out the people out there that are probably looking to get into those kinds of roles you know what drove you to that you know did you feel like i've got the skills now i've got the competencies i think i can do that did how, how did how did that decision happen what did you do to push yourself into it I think I've always been a vocational learner. Right. So if I was to go back to that young man that didn't know what he wanted to do when mm. he was leaving school yeah, and said by, you know, some years later, you'd be heading up a, a, a national commercial FM business. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have believed me. No. <laughs> and I think, but yeah. I think, yeah, I've done better in the vocational world and even through you know still doing academic studies but through work than a classroom environment and I think by the time I'd got to three meals and that operational role at um, at GVA I'd gone through quite a number of changes in career and there were opportunities to transfer skills from the previous career but also develop and learn more and I saw being able to allow my number two at three mils the opportunity to take over that role. Mm. The only way that I could progress is to ensure that I had somebody capable to fill the gap behind me. So that succession planning has always been an important yeah. facet. And, and does that does that go back to the learning and development piece of your career where, where you realise that's important, that's something that I need to focus on? So when I was doing the learning and development, the, the, the assessing, mm. When you saw somebody enjoy that process and, you know, these young people that were undertaking MVQs and modern apprenticeships at the time were very much like me, had not really embraced the the school life kind of thing. So they were potentially without very many GCSEs and but were still very good at their jobs when, yes. when when you came to assess them whether it was customer service retail or you know whatever they were really good at their jobs yeah you know and so we wanted to make sure that they got that qualification that it was meaningful that they felt that they'd earned it because yeah. then they take pride in it yeah, yeah yeah um and i think that interaction and getting people that were not particularly academic mm. you know, it was really motivating for me yeah and i think in terms of the succession planning that's just fm you know yeah. you ask what if what if what if you know what if yeah, i yeah, win yeah. the lottery yeah what if i get hit by a bus you know whatever who's gonna who's gonna look after the day job yeah of course yeah that's really interesting it's really interesting because obviously when you were doing the learning and development piece you, you're still quite young really in terms mm. of your career um, and that's that's quite an important thing to be doing if you're, you know, firstly, I guess not necessarily identifying talent, but developing talent or developing young people when you're a young person yourself. So that must have actually, from a character perspective, you know, you, that's quite a lot on your shoulders at a young age. Do you agree? Yes. I think I was always quite a bolshy yeah. young lad. Okay. So... 
you know, I knew what I knew. There's always an element of confidence about yeah. you. Yeah. So, and I think that's matured. There are certain approaches that I took when I was a, a younger manager that potentially you wouldn't take. Now. I wouldn't take now. Right. And I think at the time, because I was closer to the age of the the people that I was assessing, mm. I could speak of my own appearance, you know, experience. Yeah. You so know, so I was quite. You know, com- I, a few years ago, I was in your position. So there was common threads yeah. and you still and I, remembered yeah. what and it I'd was like to be. Yeah, and I'd gone through that MVQ process. Yeah. So that, having gone through those qualifications, it made me, you know, I could talk about the benefits of those qualifications. Yeah. So having those qualifications and part of one of the um, the retail qualifications is I undertook the assessor modules. Yeah. So it enabled me to change my career. Right. Okay. So having, you know, if there's something, this is building a foundation for you going forward. Yeah. You know, so it's planting the seed that you know you don't necessarily have to stay in the job. Yeah. That you're in right now, you're young enough that you can you can change direction. Yeah. You know, and I'd at that point I'd already done that several times. You can take a risk. Yeah. Would you say? Yes. Okay. Yes. But but it's really interesting that 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 attitude seems to have followed you throughout your career. And it seems to have become part of your, um, I guess, professional ethos. Mm-hmm. Would that be a, an accurate assessment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Good stuff. Okay. So, kind of, kind of moving back to that, you know, in terms of learning and development, specifically in the FMPs, um, you know, if if we have listeners out there that are thinking about, you know, moving into the space, is there any specific learning or anything that you think would be of real benefit to people looking to move into it? Uh, IWFM. Right. is a brilliant resource. Yeah. Um, but I again, I think that taking the opportunity from a vocational space to yeah. be able to, there's nothing like learning on the job. I completely agree. I did the same thing, so I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's it's a great way to get practical experience whilst you're at- obtaining a, uh, a qualification. Yeah. You know, and I, so, you know, one of the great things about FM is you can be an accountant and still work in FM. Yeah, we've you, had one actually. Yeah, you can be, <laughs> you can be a learning and development manager. Yeah. You know, specifically looking after individuals in FM. Mm. And we have one of the great things about the industry is we have people from numerous backgrounds, varied backgrounds that have stumbled and bumbled into FM. Yes, you know. Well, that, not... that's that's the overarching story. Nine yes. times out, like ninety nine percent of the people that we talk to on the show. You know, it's, it's the FM thing, isn't it? I kind of fell into it, really, yeah. you know. But I think if it's someone that's considering FM as a career, yeah, it's so varied. The direction in which you can go within that overarching industry is almost unlimited, particularly now in terms of how technology is coming into, yeah. um, you know, data. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's, you know, there's the traditional engineering element of it. Yeah. There's a huge focus on customer experience and placemaking and yeah. uh, and what have you so we find workplace experience absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and client side versus managing agent or tfm or, or things like that it's yeah. just just the variety of people that you've had on this podcast yeah shows the 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 breadth of the industry do you know i've never really thought about that like that actually but you are correct there's so many different i guess if you call them disciplines within our space 
that there kind of is something for everybody, you know, whether it's legal, accounting, finance, um, whether it's, like you said, engineering, um, you know, cleaning, security, building management, managing mm-hmm. people, managing teams, working on your own, learning and development. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different elements that, that feed into this one space that, you know, yeah, I've never thought about it like that, but that's such a, yeah, it's got me thinking there, Jason. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, and I think all these all these different work streams or, you know, professionalisms, you know, it, all, it does fit under FM. Yeah, know? it does, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You know, facilitate and manage. Facilitate yeah. is to make things easier, you know, mm. make things happen, and then manage yeah. is talk about controls and yeah. you know, things like that. Each one of those specialisms has both of those yeah you know, we all have customers that we're facilitating and you know making their lives easier we equally have to have governance and controls in place to be able to make sure that we're doing things properly and consistently yeah of course yeah okay so just go move, moving in together you obviously manage a team within facilities management i'm guessing you recruit on a regular basis could you tell me what qualities you look for in an individual when when you're looking to bring somebody into your team so it depends on the role and the seniority. Yeah. But are there um, any characteristics that that you find a a perfect for the environment? I suppose. I think it's more to do with someone's attitude and approach. Yeah. So more to do with you know behaviours. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, Experience is 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 key depending on the role. You know, if we're looking at again, if you know this is targeted at people coming into mm. um, facilities management. Yep. You know, so they may not have experience, you know, yep. previous experience. So we are looking for attitude and aptitude and a willingness yep. to to learn. Right. Yeah. You know, a career change. Yes. You know, what transferable skills have you got? That you can bring in. You can bring in. And you know, what's that gap analysis and how can we help you in terms of that skills gap? Yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely there's got to be a minimum level of appetite, I think. You know, you can't can't expect it all to be on your employer to provide you the opportunity and do the work for you. Oh no, of course, yeah. No one no one should care more about my career than me. Yep. Is my feeling. Yeah. You know, so I think there's it's always got to be what that individual potentially can bring to the table, mm. but how we can bring out the best of them. That's what we're, we, you know, we're looking for. Yeah. You know, we're looking for, you know, what value that individual is going to kind of bring to the team and what value we can add to their career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's quite a woolly answer, but it's, that's relevant at every yeah. level. You know, and if, if there's an experience, you know, if we're looking for an experienced line manager, mm. it's how do you manage people? Yeah. You know, I want them to fit in within our culture and our ethos of how we look after people. Of course. You know, and and that's probably more important to me than them having a, you know, HR qualification or, yeah. or, or, or anything like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what you're effectively saying is you're looking at, not necessarily how that individual fits with you. It's also about how you fit with those individuals or yeah. the organization does and how that comes together and you support each other to be successful. Yeah. I mean, the interview is a two-way process. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm selling my team and my firm. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we're a good place to work. We're a yeah. good team to be part of. Yeah. And this is what you can expect from us. I mean, 
Do you know something? You picked on something really interesting there that I think young people, particularly um, who are you know either leaving university or something like that, might not realise that interviewing is a two. You know, your the company is selling itself to you, and you're selling yourself to the organisation. Because I think, um, especially when you're young, you're nervous, aren't you? I mean, I remember being young. It was a while ago. But you get nervous, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And you think, um, you know, you, you think no matter what, it's all you. You've got to sell yourself. You're not really thinking that that individual wants your talents as well and mm-hmm. they want to ensure that they fit. So I think that that's a really interesting um, thing that we should talk about. You know, if you are a young person and you're coming out of university, you know, remember what your value is and remember what you bring to the table and, and remember to ensure that whatever organization you're speaking to in the FMPs that, um, that, that there's a fit for you as well, not just for them. And that, I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah, it's, it's really important because yeah. your journey with the wrong organization yeah. or the wrong fit, shall we yeah. say, that's a better way to describe it, the wrong fit, mm. it'll just be really unpleasant. Yes. You know, you'll end up being disillusioned. You'll end up, you know, being not that, well, I've, being there for a short period of time, yes, you know, yes. You're, you're, you probably won't be representing yourself in the best light to yep. your new employer. So it's it's, it's right. And ask questions. Yes, you know those. You know, prep. It's like anything else. You yeah. know, prep for the prep for the meeting. Yeah, you know, ask those questions. Do your research. Be polite. Yeah, you know, takes nothing to be nice. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and that goes for the interviewer as well. Yes, right? yeah, you know, give that candidate the undivided attention you know focus on what's important yeah you know we've had um previous people on the podcast talk about unconscious bias yes and uh, and stuff like that you know yeah very important to to kind of get a grip on that and make not make assumptions yeah i I mean one of the things my wife's currently looking to get back into the workforce after um after obviously our little one um she's got a nursery in january thank god Um, (laughs) um, and one of the things that she's been told is you know don't put your date of birth on your cv um because unfortunately people will look at it and think it's irrelevant yeah yeah but it is irrelevant. but it does unconsciously it creates that bias doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah, really interesting. Okay, so let's let's talk about your career specifically. Um, what's what's been the most challenging part of your career in FM so far? Is there anything that stands out as that was difficult? You really had to overcome something. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because there's nothing that immediately stands out of being an insurmountable challenge. There's yeah. been learnings. Right. So coming from Bloomberg into the residential arena. I bet that was tough, actually. It is because you, you, as a commercial building manager or facilities manager, you're used to being in charge. Yeah. And you really aren't. Yeah. On residential. You know, again, you it's that facilitate and manage kind of process where, and it's even little nuances like you know, emergency light testing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a commercial building, you do it out of hours. Yeah. Residential building, everyone's at home out of hours. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, So you've got to look at how you apply your craft. Yeah, it's all in reverse, isn't it, I suppose? I yeah, so. I think, and, and I think it's understanding that, you know, these are people's homes, you know, mm. it's potentially their money. Yeah. Um, if it's not their money, then, you know, they're paying a great deal of rent yeah, to be yeah. in those locations. Yeah. Um, and it's learning that, I think, from 
you know, okay, the time scales and my approach in a commercial mm. operation just are not yeah. suitable. You know, customer service is absolutely skyrockets. Yes. Um, in residential. And I think that was quite interesting, notwithstanding the legislative differences, yes. the legal differences yes. um, in terms of service charges, in right. terms of how you approach procurement, mm. um, fire safety, yeah, and fire, all yeah, of those yeah, yeah. kinds of things, um, does add quite a, a different spin on things. Yeah. Um, working in a film studio, completely different. Yeah. Um, it's getting better in terms of health and safety and mm. uh, and things like that. But if you imagine a production is a number of individuals coming together for one specific project. Yeah. So they're forming a business just for that production. Yeah. So the level of kind of expertise and how that team operates can change from one production to another. So getting... Right. getting your head around that customer base as well. So I think probably the biggest consistent challenge across all of my is understanding your customer base yeah. and being able to adapt and react to the requirements there. And that's probably been my biggest teacher, my clients, yeah. my yeah. customers, and in, in terms of how I deliver that service. Yeah. So you'd say adaptability has been one of the, the, the core tenants of your personality, one of the things that have... I guess driven driven success for you, your ability to do that. Yes, yeah, so I've had, I've had some challenges put in front of me of how we're going to deal with yeah. you know, mobilising a property with yeah. four hours' notice on a Friday. Yes, um, rebranding a building um, in forty eight hours. What um, really? Yeah. Wow. So it's challenges like that yeah you know, are really exciting really interesting yeah because you get to think on your feet and yes you, you have to be able to know who can help you yeah yeah, you know, yeah. And that's where your network comes in um but yeah i think it's 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 a, it's one of the things i enjoy most that's what i love about it to be fair i mean i don't do what you guys do obviously but um i, I do love what i do um in terms of being able to you know, think outside the box, come mm. up with different ways of working um, and just really think about a problem, you know, and how to remedy it. Come up with the right solution, mm -hmm. I suppose, is yeah, the, exactly. the best way to explain it. Okay, I guess as well, you know, conversely, you know, what, what are you really proud of in your career, Jason? Is, are there any moments that stand out as, you know, that, that was a really proud moment for me? I was, you know, I was really, I was really happy with how that went or something like that. I think... Pretty much every promotion yep. within my team yep. where we've had a number of individuals that have started entry level, come from a security background, someone yes. from a front of house background, yep. and they have bought that appetite and hunger and grabbed every opportunity that's been presented to them yep. and are now you know, our mo mobilization and operations manager. Yeah. you know, directors within our business, you know, yeah. that kind of development and progression and personal achievement fills me with pride. Yeah. You know, and for them, you know, I'm grateful to have been part of it and been able to give them the opportunity. Yeah. But I can't really take all the credit, you know, because they've done they've done the work as much as yeah. I've embraced that opportunity with my own career. Yeah. And I suppose that then makes me 
especially proud. Yeah. A little wild smile that I see people doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, that always, that always makes me um, happy. Yeah. Um, you can really see that as well. I mean, people can't see it because there's no video, but you can, you know, Jason is legitimately smiling from ear to ear when talking about it. So that really comes across, really comes across. So that's brilliant. And to be fair, we have had a few people on the show mention it as well, as you know. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so but again, every single one of those has grafted earned it exactly and taken the opportunity when it's been presented to them without a doubt without a doubt okay so let's move on to um some sort of fm particular subjects so esg um and 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 how that is impacting the industry and how people coming into the industry need to be aware of it mm-hmm. um how do you see i mean esg is a significant force within the industry it's definitely going to stay there Did, how do you see that playing out over the next five years? Do you, do, you, do you see anything that your experience would say, I can see it going this way, that way? You know, it's just your thoughts on this, really. Well, ESG, particularly the E, mm. has been banded around for, for years. years. Yeah, yeah. Years and years and years. Yeah. And it's good, you know, the S and the G have started to um, come to the forefront. Yeah. You know, um, I think you're right. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. Nope. Um, I think that it provides huge opportunity for people looking to come into FM and certain yep. specialisms. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, both, well, actually, particularly client side, but also from uh, a managing agent perspective. Yeah. You know, the environmental and particularly in terms of collecting data, being able to inform clients and, yep. you know, help them strategize and, you know, manage their assets accordingly. Um, we're getting a lot more informed clients on ESG, yep. we're getting a lot more informed tenants. Right. On, on ESG as well. well that's so they have expectations yeah. of of their service delivery team. Right. Um, the social element of it, it placemaking and mm. how we encourage people back into the office. Because even though we are, you know, as a managing agent, we're only dealing with the communal space. Yeah. Occupiers have the challenge to get their own people back in and may well be doing their own um, placemaking and yeah. initiatives, but we can certainly contribute and support uh, and support yeah. on those as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we find that works really well where we've we have the opportunity to apply it. Right. You know, we have one of our buildings. Um, we use a um, tenant portal. Right. And when we launched it, it had the highest take up um, of engagement from the occupiers across that portal for a new building. Um, And that was down to how the the on-site team engaged with the occupiers, made them aware of what the benefits are. Yeah. Um, And I still subscribe to it. So I get to see all of the content that comes out. And it is, yeah, I want to go, I want to go and base myself out of that building. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So that makes a massive amount of difference. But equally, there's the serious side where, you know, making sure the people are, getting a real living wage, right? Yes, very important. You know, that's, yeah. that's huge for us. Crucial, so, crucial. So we're an accredited living wage employer, yeah. and we apply that to our supply chain as well. You do, yes. Yeah. So that part of it is is really key for us. You mm. know, we've, we've had initiatives where we work with clients on um, 
NEAT program. So working with young people that have never been in, uh, in employment, education or training. And we right. work with our service providers to provide opportunities. Yeah. We've got uh, an intern program at Three Mills that helps um, young people from the local community. So that's um, Tower Hamlets and uh, one of the other local authorities. Right. Um, young people get into the media industry yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a, a six-month kind of rolling program there oh really so i think that part of the social element of it is really um important and then governance you know we mm. still we still get asked you know how do we manage suppliers how do yeah. we manage health and safety you know having making sure that we're being equitable in how we treat people yeah you know yeah. fair terms and conditions you know, all, all of that kind of stuff yeah. people want to feel like when they're engaging with yeah. a service provider, you know, managing agent or, or anything like that, we're we're doing right by them because we're we're acting on their behalf if yeah. they're our clients and we're providing a service if they're our customers. So they want to make sure that we're we're yeah. doing that. So I think in terms of ESG, there's loads of opportunities. You know, if you think governance, that's finance, that's yeah. health and safety, compliance, yeah. you know, placemaking and what have you under uh, under social and then sustainability and, and, and what have you under environmental. So lots of opportunities with, for ESG. Yeah. See, I like the social piece. I, I, I like it. I like where it's going mm -hmm. um, in terms of, I think it's um, it's developing cultures within businesses that I think are positive as opposed to negative. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that can only ever be a good thing, right? Sure. It's got to be yeah. at the end of the day. Okay, so um, AI, love this question. <laughs> what are your thoughts on artificial intelligence, Jason? And how do you think it will impact our industry over the next, let's say, five years? My view is it's tool. Yeah. Yeah, so if you go back far enough, when you were doing property inspections, you'd have a clipboard and a yeah, yeah, head yeah. and a, a, a check sheet. That the old viral was out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And now you've got apps, right? Yes. And that's to make your that's to improve the quality of the service. Yeah. Make it more efficient. Yeah. But you still need somebody to go around and yes and do the inspection, right? Do, and somebody yeah. competent. Yeah. To be able to know what they're looking for, of course. And I think that is going to be the same with AI. Yeah. You know, it will be a tool that will improve efficiency, mm -hmm. improve service delivery, and there's certain tasks that can be automated. Mm -hmm. Again, you get back to that governance part. You do, yeah. You know, you can't – I would never feel, as a customer, comfortable in an automated process making a decision. You know, so even looking at how – building systems are managed mm -hmm. you know there's a there's a lot of um ai being introduced but it should only ever flag when something's out of parameter there should be yeah. a judgment by a qualified engineer for example yes. that is making an adjustment to a system yeah you know from our point of view there could be you know ai to help get people into the building and, yeah. uh, and things, but that doesn't provide a greeting, that doesn't provide a service or an no. atmosphere or, no. or an environment. You know, so I think there will always be cause for FMs to be present. Yep. You know, I don't think there's any replacement for a very visible and accessible service. When someone needs help, mm. 
you know, is and and I do that on personal experience. You know, if yeah. I if I want to just do personal banking, I'll go to my app. Yes. If I've got a problem, I want to speak to somebody. Yes, very true. That's very true. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you can apply the same thing. So you think you think really it's going to be a plugin. You know, it's going to be a support function to assist FMs and BMs and so on and so forth, as opposed to coming in, taking over and I think that'd be quite anyway. I think that'd be quite a cold building. Yeah. You know, I agree, and yeah. would that would that therefore provide the environment to entice people back into the office? No. No, I don't think so either. Well, I, COVID's changed things, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I think in terms of what people want from their workplace, they want that engagement. They want that collaboration, that nice place to come in where there's events taking place. Mm-hmm. And, and I think AI could do lots and lots and lots of things, but it's probably not going to be able to think of fun things to people to do when they're on their lunch break yeah. or, yeah. you know, events that, you know, people can be involved in at work on a Friday afternoon because they've signed a significantly large deal or something yep. like that and they want to celebrate. So yep. I think you're completely right that, you know, the human element needs to come in. Um, Innovation is obviously a big piece, um, you know, across the industry. When when you're thinking about innovation or, or you're looking at ways to innovate within the industry, um, what advice would you give to, to somebody that was that was looking to, let's say you've got a BM or an FM, they work for you. Um, they want to provide an innovative solution to their client because they want to add value. And, you know, what advice would you give them about the, the I'm not saying give us an example of innovation, but what advice would you give to them around how to go search out that innovation and, you know, what's the best way to, to find the things that could be assisting their client? So networking. Yeah. Get yourself out there. You know, talk to your colleagues, talk to other people within the industry, um, do some of your own research. There's a there's a lot of publications. Again, IWFM, the Facilitate magazine, yeah. um, FMJ, you know, all of those kinds of things. There's a huge amount of information in there in terms of new technologies, new yeah. approach to work, why things are done in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and bring ideas to the table. Yeah. You know, is is try not to be afraid. Yes, you know, yeah. Take the step, be bold. I'd like to try this in my building. Yeah. You know, it would cost this. You know, return on investment is always a question that clients will ask or will ask. Right? Yeah, if, it yeah. co- if it costs you ten grand, how long is it going to take us for yeah. for that to uh, pay back? You know, yes. tenants want to to know that as well. We're spending their money. Yes, you know, so. Have a chat, you know, with your line manager, you know, others, peers within the business in terms of if you've done, if they've done a a, a, a particular project, how did they approach it? Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of good practice out there that, you know, can be shared. I think it's very tempting when you're a building manager to think you're a silo and yeah. you're really not. Yeah. And I think as you kind of come up into that industry and particularly where you've come from a completely different sector yeah you've got a fresh pair of eyes you've got the perfect opportunity to come in and i've seen this somewhere else yeah you know i've seen this some somewhere else i think this would be really good you know even if that's residential coming commercial commercial going into residential yeah you know all of these kind of different sectors there's brilliance out there in so many different areas that there's opportunity to you're not reinventing the wheel but mm. you're bringing something new to a particular 
building or service sector or, or, or something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, do your research yeah. and don't be afraid to make a mistake. Well, hopefully not, yeah. but hopefully yeah, not, absolutely. But yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think there's, there is that fear of what if it goes wrong, yeah. but what if it goes right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get the pat on the back. Yeah. You know? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question I haven't asked anyone before, actually. Do you mind? Oh, I don't know. It's going to be a situational question. I know I know how people like them. Let's say it's your first week mm-hmm. in facilities management. You, you you know everything you know, yeah? It's just been zapped into your brain. You're 25 years old. You're working into a new building that you're going to be managing. It's for Knight Frank. It's a nice little trophy asset building. Um, in the first week, knowing everything you know, what would you do? I would... Be a sponge. Yeah. So as much as I know, yeah, I don't. What I don't know is the occupiers. Yes. This is a new building. Yeah. So who are you? What are your What are your priorities? Yeah. What's your ESG motivations? You know, yeah. what are your What have your problems been previously? You know, yeah. what do you like about the service delivery? What don't you like about the service delivery? Yeah. You know, speaking to the on-site teams, mm. you know, really understanding how I can help them. Mm. How can we as a team provide a better level of service to to kind of occupiers? Yeah. Get round, know your building. Yeah. You know, and these are really kind of basic principles because they work. Yeah. You know, getting, being visible. Yes. You know, making sure that your occupiers know that you're there. Yes, of course, I can come up and have a chat yeah. with you about this. Yeah. You know, um, that's what you're there for. They're paying your salary through the the service charge. Yes. So you're, ex- they, you know, I often use the um, analogy that, you know, a customer going into a restaurant doesn't employ the chef. No. Yeah. But they have a service expectation, right? Yes. So it's the true. same. Yeah, occupiers within a building don't pay, don't direct. They're not your employer, but they do, are paying for a level of service, yeah. and that demands presence, yes, and accessibility. Yeah. So as much as there's a lot of admin and a, you could do your working week from your desk, yeah. But where's the fun in that? Yeah. Really interesting. Of all the things you could have said, you know, you just said do the basics. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and I, brilliantly. Yeah, but that, but that's the, well, you know, there is no better advice, is there? You know, do the basics, do the things that that are important. You know, all of the other stuff doesn't necessarily matter. Well, do, I, the, do the basics first, yeah. And then you've got that foundation to come on and add those, all those additional value added, and yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. look at all these, you know, innovations that you that you want to introduce. But that's yeah, of course, going to f- not work as well as it could if the basics are, yeah. are not there. Okay. Can I ask you another question? What's the worst innovation that anybody's ever put in front of you in your entire career? Have you got something? It's, a, it's probably a bit a bit out there, but I think it's quite an interesting question. I'd love to know. If there's anything that just stands out. As... I, I, I think it's timing. I right. think COVID was an absolute nightmare for innovations because there were so many charlatans jumping on the bandwagon right. that we've got this product that... Um, can kill COVID or can deal with this or can deal with that kind of thing. And there just wasn't the scientific backup. Well, there wasn't the time, was there? Yeah. Yeah. So this is new. No one's ever done it before. Yeah. And it was actually the previous version of COVID or whatever it was that it can cure. It wasn't COVID-19. No. So it was 
but having to go through all of that, do, trying to do some due diligence because everybody was, you know, we want to keep our buildings open and, yeah, of course, uh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And guidance was changing yeah. weekly, if not daily. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of dross that came out of really that period of time in terms of innovation. Yeah. You know, be that approaches to cleaning, be mm. that chemicals, be that retrofitting um ac or you know ventilation mm. with you know to you know cut, <laughs> we, cut, cut covid coming into your building it's like well most of your air handling units are actually up on the roof yeah you yeah. know so you're bearing in mind the guidance at the time was to pump in fresh air yeah and not recirculate mm. why would i need uv in my building when i'm not I remember the UV. Yeah, I do when, I, when I'm not recirculating air. So there's things, it, it, you know, in isolation, it looked brilliant. Yeah. But when you started to look at the practical application of it, it was not, it didn't really fill me with a great deal of confidence. I'll tell you what I thought, and I agree with everything you said there, uh, but there's like a little side of me that thinks, you know what, people are interesting because by God, did they come up with things quickly. That yeah. may or may not work, you know. Like in terms of people that see an opportunity, I can make a few quid here. Um, you know, like human beings, just in general, very you know entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. That that kind of that yeah. kind of attitude. And I think it's the more simple yeah. innovations that have lasted. Even now, yeah. I still go into buildings and I can see the foot operated sanitizer pumps. Yes. You know, very mechanical. Didn't but, even get into sensors or anything like but that. Good, but they yeah. were out there, and they're yeah. still they're they're still in service, yeah. kind of thing. So I, I like the what the touch points you don't have to touch. Yeah, you know they're great. Yeah. to be fair, just nice. Still and got simple. to push the door though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> for the mechanized doors. Yeah. Okay. What what advice would you give to the next generation of facilities professionals coming through? I think it's a really interesting industry. Yes. Yeah, I've been in it a long, long time. Yep. Um, my roles and my job has changed and developed. You know, the the touch point we had on ESG, that's mm. going to change. You know, there's there's opportunities to grow and diversify within FM. Mm. Um, and I think it's you don't really get that in very many other industries. No, agreed. For you to, you know, if you want your career to go in a particular direction, you can do that within the FM industry mm. while still staying with, you know, potentially, you know, one employer, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, and I think it's bring the right attitude. And that's just a, that that's not just for work. That's, you know, for everything. That's important. Um, that's really important. And... Yeah, accept the opportunity when it when it arises. Yeah, so say yes. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's you know, go for that interview, even yeah. if you're not a hundred percent on the skills requirement and things like that, because really and truthfully, it's only a problem if they say yes, right? Well, yeah, and they would true, have yeah. only have said yes because they see the skills. Not yeah. necessarily what you put down on paper, but they see the potential in you. They're more mm. likely to have said yes because of that than what you've put down on a on a CV. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, in in, t in terms of the team that you look after now, in, in totality, I know that you probably manage a set. How many people are, are, you, are you responsible for in totality? I we have probably about two hundred and twenty people wow. within Promise 
at the moment. So we're yeah. not the biggest organization mm. out there, but we do put our people first. Yeah, you know, we do so. value every single one of those individuals within our business. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a brilliant operations board that yep. support me in my role. That's nine um, individuals across the across the business. Some of those are those kind of rising stars that we've got in terms yeah. of our next generation of yep. um, regional heads and heads of FM kind yes. of thing in the yeah, future. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and that's part of that succession planning for the people that will allow business. you to retire eventually, Jason. I'm not. I've got four kids. I'm not retiring until I'm seventy. <laughs> Same, mate. Same. Yeah. We've got time. Okay. Um, well, just touching on, you know, what, what, you know, what do you like to do outside of work? Then, you know, moving away from facilities management for a moment. What, what, what do you enjoy doing outside of work? Sleeping. Sleeping. I have, have motion sensitive narcolepsy, so I sit. Ask, ask my wife if I sit down long enough, I'm, I'm usually asleep. Really? Yeah. The kids right. absolutely rib me for it. Honestly. Um, I, I love spending time with my, with my family. Yep. Um, reading when I get the opportunity yeah. you know getting out and about in in nature do you, have, do you I, have any particular type of book that you like to read no no not really it just can go, it can go from biographies to science fiction to crime yeah I don't I don't, I don't mind technical yeah you know if there's something that you know um piques an interest from um you know a technical point of view changing legislation I'm quite yeah, quite like reading up on that. You know, right. I, I like to be an informed client as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah, very much so. So, okay, brilliant. Well, listen, Jason, that's the end of the podcast. How Thank did you, you find very much it? for me. Yeah, very yeah. good, very enjoyable. Enjoy yeah, good stuff. All right, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Um, and that's the end of the podcast, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. Well, I, mean, I had to know I did. It's been a real delight for me, actually. And we will see you next time. Take care.